what's her place? I can't believe you said. I said what? I meant to say what's her face. We know what you meant to say, but it's not what you said. Oh my god! But you can't hold me responsible for the things I I accidentally say. You clearly have not listened to any any of this. Yes. Oh, good. Let's deconstruct the things on the show. But we're not deconstructing anything. We're literally quoting you. What's her place? That's not. You know what? That's exactly what you said. Where's the deconstruction? Now you're going to go on a rant about how you're victimized by the show actually quoting you. Yes, I am. Use my own words. Use my own words. Fake news. (laughs) Sad. Welcome to an incredible episode of Even More Mashed Up, a pop culture podcast featuring two professors from Misericordia University talking about, well, all things pop culture. I'm Patrick. And I'm Alan, and today we're going to have an incredible show, because we are talking about what anybody should be talking about at this point, the World Cup. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Is that going on again? Yes, it is going on right now as we speak, and I've brought... Numbers, World Cup related numbers. Yes. Oh Jesus! Well, you realize there'll be a time displacement, so none of those numbers are going to matter. This number will still matter, and it's going to blow your mind as okay. a, a media production guy. All right, let's hear this number. When Iceland played Argentina <laughs> to a one-one draw, okay. All right, a couple of days ago, ninety-nine point six percent of Icelandic televisions were tuned to that game. Man, what's the sample size? <laughs> like eight? No. Well, they have at least a dozen televisions in Iceland, I am sure. But imagine so your share this in Iceland. is 99.6%. That's crazy. Right? That's crazy. What would you do if you had an hour of 99.6% of American televisions tuned to you? Well, you're assuming your we don't have that on a weekly basis. We don't have television We don't shows. have television <laughs> Will you just run with me? <laughs> Jeez. I don't know what I'd put on that, man. That'd be crazy. Right. Like, But imagine, like, 99.6% of people, essentially, are watching you. That's nuts. Yeah. Anyway. Only that, soccer. Only soccer can do that's that. That's how I feel like in my everyday life. That's why I wear the tinfoil hat. And that's a number. A number that matters. Not to this podcast, though. But, yeah, we're also talking about incredible. Explain to me how the number of people viewing World Cup soccer is different than any of the numbers that I provide in terms of the number of people that went to see a movie. This isn't the number. This is the percentage, number one. Okay. And number two, argue with your argument. No, my point is... You're saying percentages are not numbers? No, my point is not how many people were watching. Sure seemed like it. No, it's how uniformly people were watching. I'll give them that one. And that is a much more sophisticated point that you're never going to be able to acknowledge because you've got box office mojo... For Incredibles Why 2. are you trashing our potential sponsor? I'm getting a tattoo. I have been slowly building this case for many, many, many up, podcast. I'm getting tatted up. Oh, man. Anyway, 99.6%. That's pretty good number. That's a number. That's a number. It is a number, even though you just said it's not a number. So do you want to do numbers now on Incredibles 2? We can. I've got lots. If you got, don't want to, we can skip No, right I've got lots them. of numbers. I've, I've, I did lots some deep of? dives. I've got lots of numbers. Did you know right. it's the... Number one grossing? Go ahead. Well, I wasn't going to say that. Oh, really? What were no. you going to say? Where do you think Incredibles 2 falls in terms uh, of wait, all-time wait, wait, stop, superhero stop. film openings? Animated remake, uh, no. part two superhero trilogies. No, all-time superhero film openings. Uh, I'm going to say it comes in at 14th. I'm going nope. like 23rd. No, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go 32nd. No, you're all horribly wrong because it's fifth. What? what? Wait a minute. Behind all three Avengers and Black Panther. No With way. It made 180 million. He's right. It made, yeah, because it made 180. There's, how could this film possibly have made 180 million dollars? It's the second largest Americans June opening ever behind yeah. only idiots. Jurassic World. Yeah. Here's the thing. Americans what? are idiots. No, 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 no. Box office is smart. What else opened this weekend? Nothing. It's just perfectly placed. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's okay. no, yeah. School's yeah. out. Yeah. There's nothing. And most and, and 14 it's a years. Yeah. yeah. 14 years since the last one. So everyone went to go see it. Yeah. And there's nothing else going on, so you take yeah. the kids. Right. So it's that leads ridiculous. into another I still number think that Americans I have. Are stupid. Well, yeah, I'm gonna argue that one. Because the other thing is that a lot of people have kind of made the oh, it's been 14 years between the movies. It has been 14. years It has, the as if that's some sort of like extraordinary thing. The gap between Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, 13 years. Well, 
Wow, there's a, an argument to be made that the longer the gap, mm-hmm. the more likely it's going to be a, just a, a pile of crap that well, comes out. Because Finding Dory was a terrible film. Except the Cars franchise has been pretty consistent and tight with its installments. Yeah. But it's also been, the in terms of Pixar's franchises, it's been the most underperforming. Well, but I think the entire purpose of Dory and Incredibles 2 was, hey, parents, you enjoyed the original. Mm-hmm. Right. Take it, your kid to oh, the sequel. Undoubtedly, like it so. was buy one get one free for them at the box office. Like, I don't. Yeah, so, it, you know, it was seventy million. It wasn't hundred eighty. It was seventy million plus the kids you took. Oh yeah, <laughs> but in a way, it makes me wonder if Pixar's actually done this as a marketing. Like, like you decide there's a couple of franchises we're gonna do long sequel periods on, and oh, others we're gonna hit quickly. Yeah. So Cars, like, is just it, it's not particularly. Good. I enjoyed like, the third one, but, but the kids one was kids will kind of consume right. it, so yeah. we'll crank it out really quickly. Right. But every once in a while, if we wait long enough, you get yeah. kind of what I think of as the SpongeBob effect, which was like SpongeBob was for my kid, but the music was for me. Right. And so you get a film that that like yeah. like kind of is pulling two different well, audiences. I, think I would also argue Cars is more marketable toy wise. It's more right. toyotic, toyetic, toyetic. That's the term for stuff that's very toyable. Oh. It's very toyetic. It's not toyable? Toyetic. It's not toyability? T-O-Y-E-T-I-C. It's a stupid word. It is a stupid <laughs> word, but that's the word that, that's, you know. You know, it's, it, it makes me think of mutantity. It is, well, yeah. Like, just making well, up words to make up words. <laughs> it is. Literally. Yeah. Um, but I think that Cars Are you, and Toy Story, mm. granted Toy Story is not a Pixar specifically, but like, 11 years between Toy Story 2 and 3. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those are more marketable or toyetic um, yeah, than bingo. Dory or The Incredibles. Yeah, 12 years between Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. The Incredibles ought to be pretty toyetic, now right? Marvel, like in that 14-year gap, what yeah. has been released? Yeah. Oh, that brings me to another bit of numbers I've got. Oh, I'm so damn. sorry. I am oh. so sorry. No, no, no. God damn. Seriously. <laughs> Rich, come Think, back. Man. Come Think. back, Rich. So come good. back. So... <laughs> The original came Fritz, out. Where's Fritz? So the original Incredibles came out in yeah. 2004. Yes. At that point, in terms of the superhero genre, we had had the first two Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. Good films. The first Hulk, the one directed by Ang Lee. Yeah. X-Men and X-Men 2. Yeah. Catwoman. Yep. Oof. Daredevil. Yep. Blade 1 and 2. Trinity Electra? came out a month after okay. Incredibles. Electra? I uh, don't know if Electra was out. Okay. I don't think so. But that's everything that was out in terms of, It was four yeah. years before Iron Man, a year before Nolan did Batman Begins. Yeah. So I think it's hard to step into the, the superhero genre with all of that building if you're the Incredibles. Well, when you think about it, like the, the first Incredibles came at a time when we'd had the, the Spider-Man films were good. X-Men, X-Men one, and X-2 yeah. were good. And no. everything else, Blade 1. I just love Blade. Um, but a lot of it was... <laughs> Very yeah. hit or miss. Yeah, I, okay. So, that's all. I've just got that as So, numbers. it had kind of a thing. It, it did a thing yeah. that felt maybe newer. The other thing is, do you want to know what movie and its sequel have the longest gap? No. What movie and its sequel have the longest gap? Is mm-hmm. it Citizen Kane and Citizen Kaner? No. I don't know. What was it? Fantasia and Fantasia 2. Of movies that were released in the theater, because there's some that are like the movie and then like the like Bambi 1 and Bambi 2, which was a direct-to-DVD release, is actually the longest. There's a Bambi 2? That went direct-to-DVD. It's like Three Lion Kings, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I didn't count. I, of movies that were released like in the, that were actual theatrical Wait, releases. Wait, Fantasia 2? Fantasia 2000? Uh, 99. No, but the name, what was the name? Oh, it's Fantasia 2. Oh, I mean, it came out in 99. Yeah. I didn't even hear of it. Yeah. The gap between Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 is 35 years. Wow. Gap between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens is 32 years and 207 days. Goes back to your point about, you know, the longer the gap. Yeah, exactly. Quality <laughs> oh, begins. Wait a minute. Are you trashing Force Awakens? I love me some Force Awakens. Actually, I kind of like The Force Awakens. Yeah. Did I like The Force Awakens? Wait, which one was? I liked That's Rogue Ray. One. That's the first Ray and Finn. No, I did like The Force right, Awakens. But... It was pretty good. Those were prequels. Oh. Oh, no, 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 That is a cheat. That is a cheat, sir. I I don't make the list. That was the argument we were going to make. Oh, yeah, like, well, because when I first read it, I was like, Force Awakens is not a sequel to Return of the Jedi. I'm like, oh, I guess it kind of is. It's like, okay, I need to I need to put that on the show. It's a trap. You walked us right into that. Oh, it did. We walked our way out. It took us longer than it should have. Oh, look at that. Oh, the numbers are a trap. All right. What did you say, Admiral Akbar? Do you have any other numbers? 
that matter? Well, that's a dumb question. Uh, that's, the answer to that is no. <laughs> so, but where do you think the movie comes in on Box Office Mojo's list of superhero comedies? Superhero comedies? Superhero comedies. Well, you have to laugh at a film for it to be a comedy, right? Yes. Hmm. Eighth. I have, no, I'm going to say, I, how many superhero comedies have been made? There was the one, for, the guy from Drake and Josh. It's a superhero movie. Um, I'm going to say it's third. Well, you're both reasonably close because it was number five. What what counts as a superhero? Yeah, what's it, what's in front of it? Deadpool. Okay, I figured. Oh, much. Deadpool two. Yeah. The Incredibles. Okay. And Big Hero six. Is that a comedy? Uh, that's well. That's I, a, did, I didn't see the movie. But the so other thing, it was good. It was I good. But I would comedy. well. But the other thing, Ant Man is not on the list, and I would say that's more of a comedy than Big Hero six. Much more than a comedy. Ant Man is. Definitely a comedy. Yeah, not not included on Box Office Mojo's list of superhero. It comedies. might be that Box Office Mojo has a few holes. Yeah, it is. It is. They may have lost their mojo. No. Oh. Yeah. Now, in terms of superhero just, comedy just yeah, openings, good. superhero comedy openings, openings. they're going to be number two. Number one. They're number one. 180 million. That's yeah. Beat Deadpool by almost 50 million. Yeah. Wow. Which again what clearly shows that the Deadpool America? franchise again, is dead. It, enough, it was perfectly placed okay. in its release cycle. So we also, are it's just, not rated R. We are like pigs oh, yeah. feeding at the trough oh, of yeah. whatever... <laughs> s- <laughs> pig eating at a trough. I got it now. Whatever slop Hollywood's <laughs> throwing in the... Oh, my God. <laughs> the bucket for the week. Uh, yeah, yeah, at least it sounds better than your tased pig. Than my what? Your tased pig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like lightly um, done bacon. But no, I think I think you're right. That, like it was it was a weird weekend in June where there was okay. nothing else major going on. Yeah. It's not rated R. Yeah. It's post Deadpool. It's been 14 years. I could take the kid to go see it. It's been right. a couple, and it's been it gets you out of the heat. It's been at least oh yeah, it gets you out of the yeah. and it's been at least a week since we've had anything really big released. Right. Like the last big release was probably Solo. Prior yeah. to Incredible, I can't think Does of anything. Well, big? Ocean's Eight, I guess, would be. Yeah, was right before. But it. again, like a forty million dollar opening is not. Yeah, not so even. so it's it like it's it's had some time to breathe in terms of like yeah. right. fatigue. Well, again, and like I'm not taking Luke at Ocean's Eight. I'm not taking mm-hmm. him. I, I took him. Right. So, I took him solo, but we're not going to Deadpool. There's not a lot of the, the kid stuff. It's good out that there, you draw right? the line at Deadpool, yeah. <laughs> not Deadpool Two. <laughs> I won't take you to Deadpool. Tiny legs, completely different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think it just I think it's one of those like. Hollywood knew when to slate this film. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, it's very yeah, it's very so well have, positioned. Do you have any more numbers? Um, I am looking. I am looking. So no. No, no, that's it. Uh, excellent. We have covered all of my numbers. How far into the show are we? I, I my phone died. <laughs> the the Turbo Two has not got a good battery life. I forgot to start stages. my timer, so, so. we're right, completely we're flying wait. blind here. All wait. right. So um, I got some questions for both of you because. <clears throat> I never saw the first Incredibles. You didn't see the first Incredibles? I knew that would make you somewhat incredulous. <sighs> 14 years ago, I mean. Well, here's the thing. It falls directly into the my blind spot in pop culture because like uh, I like that you think you have one. Well, no, there I have one big one in <laughs> chronologically that starts like about 2000, soon mm-hmm. after Bobby was born. Uh, and runs for like 7 or 8 years because Hope was born. Yeah. And I was just like I I didn't go out to see stuff, and they were both too young. Right. So, like, it ends like 2006, 2007 ish? I don't know when it ends. Okay. Why? I, I'll have to think about that. He's mm. walking you into a trap. I feel like he's walking <laughs> me into a trap. I came here in 2006, 2007. <laughs> it's, in, it's interesting that the end of your pop culture gap sort of ends with my arrival. Right, with you being in the office next door to me. Exactly. Talking incessantly exactly. About pop culture. <laughs> It probably ends about then. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I've got questions because this falls into my blind spot. I don't know the Incredibles canon. Okay. And okay. Who well, else to ask Incredibles? Well, considering canon that this movie then, literally then picks up like nerddom. two right. seconds after the end of the first one, I could see where there might be issues. I didn't know that. So oh yeah, the movie, the first movie ends with Underminer coming out. I of read the that ground. later, so that I so. now understand. So um, superheroes are outlawed. Why? Because they're expensive. Uh, Expensive destruction. Yeah, big, yeah. For all the Batman. reasons, you, for all the reasons you would normally outlaw like, superheroes like if they actually existed. The, the Sokovia Accords, Batman yeah. issues, okay. same difference. Oh okay. yeah, all the same reasons. Okay, who is Rick Dicker? 
he's their government liaison. When superheroes were actively operating, he kind yeah. of liaised with them, and then he's kind of their liaison. But so superhero- now, whenever so that they're supposed oh. to be underground, but the government is kind of keeping an eye on at least some of them. Watch okay, me. so he kind of keeps around just to, so. Yeah. So in the first film, heroes got outlawed, mm-hmm. but then the Incredibles the continue to act. In well, the, in the first movie, see that and that's there's a weird time gap because yeah. we never saw the like for it to pick up immediately. The outlawing didn't really happen. Yeah, no. Well, because the first movie, so it, it well, because the first the, movie yeah. starts with a, a scene between Elastigirl and and Mister Incredible, yeah. where they're sort of competing to catch a bad guy. And then it ends up that they're both on the way to their wedding, and then I think that that's like yeah. the, the 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 cold open, or I'm not sure what the film term would be. Um, and then you get kind of this gap where you you sort of learn that post that superheroes were outlawed, and then they're basically li- kind of living in in hiding in a sense. They're not allowed to use their powers. So do they and not they, use? So they don't fight a villain until the Underdigger shows up. No, no, no. They fight Syndrome. So they fight someone who's trying to help. Bring the bring them out because he misses the days when they were superheroes. Okay. Syndrome. So they're breaking so, the law when they do that. Yes. yes. So this may sound vaguely familiar. Yes. Um. So Syndrome. Yes. Was a child who grew up admiring Mister Incredible to the point that he fashioned himself in Incrediboy costume and basically wanted to be Mr. Incredible's sidekick. Mm-hmm. When Mr. Incredible rejects him, he gets very angry at the rejection and basically becomes a villain. Okay. Somewhat of a fanboy, yeah, with a, a very reaction so to the pop culture not living up to what he wants it to be. You will eventually turn, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, because I'm it's not just a one of, of. Which hero will it be? Okay, number one, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> number two, if I was going to be set off by something and turned, yeah. that would have happened a long time ago on this show. <laughs> So you would spur an anti-matched-up podcast that's evil Possibly. in nature? Yes. <laughs> can you imagine what this, what like the subject matter is on that show? I can. Just follow Twitter for anyone. It's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty deep dive into literature. Is there a reason why Rick Dicker looks like Richard Nixon? Not that going, I'm aware of. Uh, I was going with the... Uh, Though apparently I did, I, I did not realize that is that apparently The Incredibles is set in like 1960. So that was the weird thing is that the original one had no feel to that whatsoever. This one firmly planted them in the past. Well, because I, <laughs> well, there was one that they point out like they're uh, I think Mr. Incredible's reading a newspaper or something that mentions Kennedy and actually has like a date on it of like March 62 or it something. It never dawned on me. It never dawned on me either. I was like, oh, it's in some weird like time that's sort of a mishmash of the yeah. style of like the 1960s. Yeah. Bond sort of era, it but feels I never like a I, futuristic sixties. It does. It is. Well, it, it, it feels like the Jetsons. Sense. Yeah. 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 Like the so yeah. So I, I like the fact that 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 and even watching this film, like I didn't pick up on that during Incredibles two, but reading like some stuff about it, I was like, oh, it's actually in the nineteen sixties. Like I did not catch well, that the, the at all. Well, the TVs and everything. So I mean, it makes sense. It's right. kind of a still. Yeah. I mean, again, it's but kind so of the silver age. Also, is a little right. Yeah. Not sixties. It's 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 so, kind of a silver age feel to it. Is the baby Jack Jack in the first one? Yes. Yes, but has not manifested. Okay. Yeah, he manifests late in the film. Okay. And, and so, at a point where none of the family can actually see him manifesting his powers. Okay. And so, um, what made the first one so beloved? I think the same thing that made this one. It was just when it landed. Um, because it seems to have, like, a real kind of critical cachet. I think, well, I think, I think to it. I think there's a couple things. One is that, um, given the context of like where superhero films were at that point. Yeah. It was like the again closer to the Spider-Man films so and it the felt X-Men kind of films. New and fresh. Yeah, it, well, okay. and, and and better than a, Daredevil and Catwoman a and stuff like take that. Different superheroes. Um, okay. I think a lot of people saw it and people still talk about it this day as it's like the one good Fantastic 4 movie. It came out before all of the other Fantastic 4 movies. Okay. Um Brad Bird is very much the, the writer and director of yeah. it. Like he's clearly someone like a Whedon that's very versed in pop culture. Yeah. And so I think very much was able to hit kind of those nostalgia notes. Okay. But I also think think of the the audience they're going after right now, like they were younger mm-hmm. and it fit in that you was still cool to see it, even though it was a cartoon Right. Animated like it was a superhero film, mm-hmm. but it was still an animated film, and it was okay to go see this. Film. And also, it was, it was very kind of different sp- from the rest of the Pixar yeah. genre. Like, I think that was part of it too. Is that it's a Pixar movie that was very unlike all of the other Pixar right. movies. Okay, all right. So I think there's. I I think I, I can't. I wouldn't point to any. And and there were. I know there were discussions of the first film 
and sort of its its philosophy slash ideology. There were lots of I mean, it does some really interesting things, particularly when you get the Parr family and they're in hiding and the father, Frank Parr, is is working at like a dead end insurance adjuster mm-hmm. job. And it, it does do some things with like the soul crushing nature of okay. kind of middle class. Like there's some stuff that it does that, that gives it a little bit more depth, I would think, than your typical film. It, it finally to me, like the the fourteen year gap is really interesting because they had the stars kind of talking mm-hmm. about the making mm-hmm. of it before. Which is weird. That right. was a weird and it's thing. Like, I was like, I don't really need your justification for why we should see this movie. Right. And you're like, Holly Hunter wants yeah. a star. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson yeah. wants a star, I guess. TV right? star. Yeah. Well, coach. Coach is yeah. amazing. As a, uh. <laughs> oh, and then Samuel L. Jackson is kind of more eternal right. like, yes. in terms of like burning as a star. Right. Mm-hmm. But the other two, not so much. I also didn't realize that Sarah Vowell is the voice of Violet. I don't know it doesn't help me. She's or, like a, his, a comedian historian person. She's on like This American Life all the time. Oh, really? She's written a number of books. Huh. Yeah, they had John Stewart had her on the Daily Show a bunch of times. Like she would write about historical stuff, but from a, a comedian point of view. The other thing I didn't realize is you know who the voice of Edna is. Oh yeah, it's um, oh, I can name everything she's been in. Can I do her name? That's because it's not a woman. It's Brad Bird. No, it's not. Yeah, it's Brad Bird. I really thought it was um the one the little. No, one. it's Brad. Brad Bird does the voice of it. That's really? nutty. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was on IMDb because I wanted to see who like some of the voices were, and I'm like, and it had Brad Bird, Ed Mo, and I'm like, That's, I thought it was. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Never mind. Lily Tomlin. No, the one from um, Kindergarten Cop, the little short lady who looks just like Edna. Danny no. DeVito. No. <laughs> Doctor Ruth. <laughs> Doctor Ruth is a short. Yes. Is a sh- oh, I know the lady you're talking about, but yeah, I don't know her name. <laughs> I've not seen enough NCIS. She looks a lot like. She looks like Hattie, like she looks like that woman. So anyway, <laughs> talking about the film itself, right. I thought I, we were the current. No, we all saw the last film. Oh. Yeah. Any other questions about the first film? No. Okay. I've, I've now got some be- some things I didn't like about the film, mm-hmm. some things I did like about the film, mm-hmm. and then something that's going to make you say that's incredible. I doubt that very much. I feel like it will. I feel like it will. You want to start with the bad? Okay, number one, you clearly want me to say that's incredible, and so I'm deliberately not going to say it. Just said it. <laughs> Only quoting you. Literally just not said with, it. As, not with, as uh, you're making your point about how you're oh not God. going to say it. I'm not going to say it when you particularly want like me to say it. We are like two three-year-olds in the backseat of a car on a long trip. Dude, that is insulting to three-year-olds. <laughs> I like to think that they have a little bit more depth than we do. That's your new tagline. Two three-year-olds in the back of the car. I gotta say, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's two professors better than not part of the problem <laughs> actually I think it's fine being not part of the problem I think part of the problem is what we don't want to be no no it's a better tagline oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I think they're both pretty good taglines anyhow I was really underwhelmed by Incredibles 2 I found it I found it ponderous at points <gasps> really like Vicky was like like she said afterwards, like, I started wondering, like, how much longer does it have to go? Hmm. It just, it, I, I'd never seen Incredibles. Right. And I, but I'd heard this, all these great things yeah. about it. And there was this mm-hmm. great enthusiasm for mm-hmm. Incredibles too. And it just, I, I, how this thing made $180 million, I don't get. Like, there's, there was well, something just, about me in that film that just didn't. Well, no, I would, no. It I just would, didn't I mean, connect for I me. I enjoyed the film, but I would agree with you that, particularly if, if you were coming to Incredibles 2, not having seen Incredibles, but heard all of the hype about Incredibles, yeah. I could see where you would be disappointed by Incredibles 2, because it is, it is, I enjoyed it, but A, it is a bit overstuffed as a film. And that they, they sort of try to do a lot of things. There's a lot of things. And I don't know that they fully execute any of I them. Don't think they, right. Yeah, anything. Uh, so here's. Not like it. it wasn't like just. Like they, they try to do stuff with, you know, kind of like the, the, the swap in parent roles. Yeah. But it doesn't really kind of I want to talk anywhere. about that in a minute. Yeah. They try to do some stuff in terms of like elevating Elastigirl. I want to talk about um, that in a minute. But doesn't it doesn't really. Like You're it kind of. They all kind I of. Like so they far. all kind yep. of peter out a little bit. Yeah. And it doesn't really seem to to. I'm with Vicky. To go I anywhere. Wait yeah. For it to be over. So no, I I it was really? a film like literally I was like like when this is over I'll be. So I enjoyed it, but, but it but wasn't just Vicky and I. So, in Cinemark you sit in assigned seats. Oh, please explain Cinemark to me. Well, to the audience more. There but. are people other than you. 
Really? You don't listen, actually. Are you sure? <laughs> You're like the do. one person who doesn't listen. <laughs> Probably not the only one. So a father brought his daughter. She was a totally adorable five-year-old girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's really excited to mm-hmm. see Incredibles or maybe to eat popcorn and candy. Like, it's hard to tell what Those the Those are not mutually exclusive. For her. So, like, as I'm sitting there thinking, like, this is, this is, it's, it's just, it's a little boring. Uh, they get on the boat for the climax of the movie. Yeah. Like, where they're going out to sign the... What? It's a hydrofoil, oh, technically. Not a boat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Why somebody loved it and other people didn't. <laughs> right? I wouldn't say I loved it. In a I, nutshell. I would not say I loved it. I enjoyed it, but... Okay. I, did, I would... I. There were parts of it I enjoyed, but as they get onto the boat slash hydrofoil, the girl turns to her dad and says, and I'm quoting directly, this film is pretty much over now, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, he turns, I can't hear what he says to her. Yeah. Then, during the climax of oh, the Oh, I know film, what he says to her. What? Know your place. <laughs> wow. Well, because The way you embrace clearly one the of those. things that you shouldn't embrace, <laughs> that's the thing. It's for the comedy. Because <laughs> people are clearly going to listen yeah, to our because, Ocean's 8 episode before this one. Because, of course they will. Because clearly people in comedy just keep going down the road of what doesn't work well. Oh, no, this totally works well. It does work. It works well for you. It does. To throw yourself I, under the bus I, repeatedly and then pretend I, like... I think I'm hilarious. And then <laughs> blame other people for having done so. Yeah. If by other people you mean you. Yes. So, then, after she says the film's pretty much over, we're watching the, the climax of the film mm-hmm. and she starts talking to her dad about all the stuff she did yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, you know, Mom and I went to the playground and I was on mm-hmm. the swing and it's just like, I'm like... There, like it's not just me. Yeah. Like her, the five-year-old critic yeah. in her just saying, "Like I'm done with this film," even at kind of its alleged, yeah. you know, climactic yeah. point. Well, and again, yeah. the, I mean, I, I, yeah, because for me, the film is sort of one part wanting to be Wonder Woman in terms of the elevation of of Elastic. Can Girl. we talk about that? One part, Mister Mom, basically. Can we talk about that? And then third part is a a very typical superhero sequel. With, I would say, probably a lot of the typical superhero sequel problems. It's piling more stuff on. The villain is not particularly compelling. So once again, you pretty much argue with my broad... You agree with my broad conclusion. You just won't admit it, but all your evidence piles. No, I, 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 I enjoyed the film, but I would not say that it's anything groundbreaking, revolutionary. I don't... I didn't... I, I literally I, like, did not enjoy it. I, I, yeah. Dan and I, like... We agree a lot on this kind of stuff. I just, I didn't, like, I thought both of you would think I was being preposterous in saying that I didn't really enjoy it. So let's talk about Elastigirl. Yes. Right? Who they're putting forward in this kind of, like, it it Which, again, that's something that does carry over from the first film in that Elastigirl has always been set up as the more competent Right, right, but it, but it. But it feels forced now, yeah. right? Like in in the aftermath of what's happened this year, and yeah. nonetheless, they still call her Elastic Girl. Yeah, right. They have her wear thigh high, high heeled boots mm-hmm. to go off and fight crime. But I think that a lot of that, like, because a lot of my criticism of Elastic Girl was that that in this yeah. era, you why is it she's Elastic Girl and she's dressed this way? Yeah. But I think that's why they also pushed home how dated the film is supposed to be. Mm. Like, it's meant I, to be in the 60s. I, that, that's, well, but I, that is, I think, as generous as you could be I would, for the well, film. Well, I, I would tweak that just a little bit. I think, and again, it's something that I think the film was trying to do but did not execute. When yeah. she comes out in the costume, the new costume, right. the first time, yeah. and uh, um, Mr. Incredible is like, that's what you're wearing, I think they were trying to make a comment about, like, the 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 thigh high boots and things like that that it's a ridiculous costume, yeah. But it's basically just that one moment and then yeah. never right. really followed yeah. up. Which followed makes up it on. a moment that's not really a moment. Right. So yeah. Right. So I, I think that was like oh I I think they were trying to do something there. But again it's it's I found an interesting quote from Brad Bird that I, th- I um yeah. that he gave back in two thousand seven when people were asking about the possibilities of an incredible sequel. And he said, I do it if I can come up with a story that it is good or better than the first one. I have pieces that I think are good, but I don't have them all together. And I think a lot yeah. of the film is he still has pieces that don't really cohere but and that there's just too much going on in the That's really film. interesting because in an interview he gave after this film came out, yeah. he said that it was quote-unquote just a popcorn film. 
And, and so he gave up and he just gave it yeah, pressure. That's what it said. Like Could you be. take that quote from 2007 and yeah. this quote from 2018. Yeah, he gave up. And it's like, yeah. he just, you know, it yeah. was, he needed to make one. Yeah. Because for me, the moment that really, like, yeah. when the Incredibile shows up yeah. and becomes a thing, I'm like, okay, so we're just piling more yeah. kind of things yeah. on yeah. into this film that I'm not really sure are necessary. Right. And that's the thing. It, it yeah. felt, again, like a typical superhero sequel or sequels in general, in the, in the just felt way. like too much. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I have to say, and this is going to sound like a personal criticism, it's not meant to be, it's just an artistic observation. Holly Hunter's voice as Elastigirl is just incredibly grating. Hmm. But I think it's like she's eating mashed potatoes the whole time she's delivering the lines. But I think I think that's meant to be, again, and I, I feel like they've they retrofitted the film to... To force the time period, yeah, like mm. she really felt it felt more at times even like all in the family, like she's mm. Edith, and mm. that grating voice, mm. and he's yeah. always sort of huh. not actually beating her down, but like, like well, yeah, well, he definitely guess, has a little bunker in him, right? You know, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, if you if, particularly in both films, you mm. kind of realize Mister Incredible kind of sucks as a person, and that's the thing, right. and so I think that they were, I think it's it, again trying to do too much, where it's trying to give this criticism of the family dynamic. But setting it in the '60s, where it was safer to give that criticism while playing up how bad they are, yeah, it's but a lot for a cartoon. Yeah, but Mr. Incredible, <laughs> yeah. well, is, and that, and that's but things. Mr. Incredible is such a male of today. Like if right. you think about the yeah. Me Too movement, you know, like right. all the, the the way he treats his wife, and right. like he's a he's like he's a terrible husband. Although you know he's going to have that redemptive arc, right? Which makes me glad I didn't see Incredibles one because. It's just repeating the same arc. Like, right. that's not character growth, no, right? right? It's just a, a yeah. trope right. or a motif or whatever you want to call it. It's a trope tief. Okay, secondly, or I finally, like, why does she have to have a husband? Which makes brings me to my biggest complaint this week. Mm. How the hell is it that Steve Trevor is coming back in oh. Wonder Woman 2? We'll, oh. how, how is that Young. remotely possible? The best thing about Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is that they killed Steve Trevor. I'm assuming and that... now he's back. Well, because Wonder Woman is yeah. set in World War One. Yes. The second one is apparently going to be set in like 1984. 1984. So clearly there was some sort of multiversal crisis in between that rebooted the universe and brought Steve Trevor back. Well, then that crisis needs to be averted. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Like, can, 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 can we get on the cosmic treadmill and fix that thing? Do you really want the Flash to get on yes, the cosmic if, treadmill? Yes, if that's what we'll take to get rid God, of God, you know, I'll... I'll risk it with Barry at this point. <laughs> I thought that I thought of you last he, night. This is this is the apocalyptic future. I thought of you last yeah. night. Steve Trevor's still alive. Because I, was, I I watched like the first half hour or so of the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, and one the one category that I saw them award, well, one of the categories was Best Hero, and the nominees were were Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. Yeah, said pr- correctly, which I appreciate. Which they said correctly on on the MTV. Uh, Grant Gustin's Flash. By the way, we, we banned those, the the movie awards. I know. I just happened to wander into it. Um, Grant Gustin. And now we're talking about as it. Flash. Yeah. Uh, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Um, if, Amelia Clark as Daenerys. If Flash wins, he doesn't. Okay. No, he doesn't. No. Okay. No. Chadwick Boseman won. And then gave it away. And then gave it. To, yeah. Gave it to uh, the guy that I guess. The Tennessee. Tennessee guy um, that that. Waffle House shooting. Yeah, uh, that was it. Yeah. So here's the thing. It also made me realize that, that that the people getting the MTV Movie Awards know that they are getting them because yeah. Bozeman got up there and was like, he, he singled out the guy and he's like, oh, you don't know what we're doing, do you? Yeah. And brought him up and it was like, oh, so like yeah. when the Stranger Kids, Stranger Things kid won Stranger for Kids. Best Frightening Moment, he Kids. acted all like surprised and whatnot. And I'm like, well, no, clearly they all know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so clearly it's whichever person I've seen in the audience that's in the category is going to win. Because guess what? Gal Gadot wasn't there. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm pretty sure she's not winning. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought you'd be really upset that we're talking Steve Trevor. But I just – that they're bringing Steve Trevor back, I find totally appalling. Yeah. Tara it, actually sent me an email. Who did? Oh. She didn't send me one. Valedictor- well, because she knows how much <laughs> I especially love the killing of Steve Trevor. And she said, she said, how sad are you? Like, are, are you really upset that, like, Steve Trevor's back? Copy, I'm, I'm like, um, me on it. yeah, yeah. Kind of hurtful. Are you really pouting over there? No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. God, I have headphones on. I can hear you. No, I'm not. <laughs> Pout up. But no, and again. Well, the world's not about me <laughs> No, your two know your seconds. Place. <laughs> know your place. <laughs> Tara actually um, listens to the show, so she'll get to hear that. Oh, Lord. Um, but no, I think, yeah. I think the... 
Her, and again, I think. Yes, yeah, so now you've begged an email, a pity email, right. and you'll feel better about yourself. I will, because I'm that sad. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> but right, I think that yeah. her being married was supposed to be countered by Screen Slayer uh, and Void. Like they weren't matched up with anyone. Because again, yeah. like you're already yeah. you're already into the Incredibles. Like if Incredibles won, they hadn't got married. Sure, you can have her be single. Yeah. But at this point, like that's just that's just going to be there. Well, and and the conceit is that they are a family. Of right. superheroes. That's, yeah. Like right. they're 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 yeah. ba- they're meant to be kind of a no. I a get it, but floor, like at so. some point you dump a jerk. Not in the sixties. And, and again, I'm telling you. Okay. There's a, there's <laughs> not a in the sixties. Not in the <laughs> yeah. But, but again, but, but the film a, is also trying to speak against that, right? I don't know. That's that's, that's I don't what know. I didn't like about it. Like that's yeah. I didn't, if I didn't it's not, the then oh, it's, it's like it's even worse. Well, because I, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was just poorly pulled off. And I don't know. That's no. Well, it's one of the things that 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 going back to the original Incredibles. And kind of watching it, like it's definitely it, it it it's trying to do I think more things than this film, in ter- like uh, like more thoughtful things. Yeah. But I'm not. But I'm not sure that it it succeeds. Because I mean, you know, the, the whole point is that is that Mr. Incredible is so just crushed by his life. Yeah. That he jumps at the first opportunity to to kind of be a superhero. Right. And basically, it's troped, you know, to 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 Elastigirl. It basically looks like he's having an affair because um, he's he's sneaking away. Oh, yeah, the first right. one. He's gotten like, yeah. in shape yeah. and all of these things. Right. Um, and again, it just it, by the end, it just kind of hand waves that away. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, like, because right. because the the woman that he's working with that that she thinks he's having an affair with, like at one point, Elastigirl just punches her in the face. Yeah. And it's basically okay. Everything's done. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like Mister Incredible is not really a great And I guy. get that it's a cartoon and maybe like I was too serious in the way yeah. but it just it, so like moving on in the way it's mm-hmm. totally paint by number like the husband and wife gender yeah. role swap kind of thing that goes on yeah. like that Lucy did mm-hmm. like literally like what 70 years ago yeah, or that Mr. Mom did Well I actually, I've actually found a ago. review that says like this feels it's like Mr. 1983's Mr. Mom it's, Oh it's totally Mr. Mom This oh, yeah. clumsy John Hughes written fish out of water mm-hmm. Kind of thing, you know. But so she's the hero. He's terrible at parenting, but oh, guess what? He figures it out very right. quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, throw in some teen angst. To me, it was just like so predictable. Oh, was. Like, yeah. When I well, think of Pixar films, I yeah. think of films typically that are outside of the norm. That are yeah, thinking no, about oh, like even the, the, even the, the very moment situation in a different way. The moment they walked into the room with all of the other like Void and yeah. Screech and all the other. Super yeah, like, yeah. I just looked at their designs. I'm like, well, they're clearly going to go bad at some point because though, like, just design wise, I'm yeah. like, they look like villains more than well, heroes. And, like, in yeah. Pixar, like, and yeah. then of course right, they do. Yeah. And I'm like, so yeah, it did. It did. Like, it felt. I don't. You know, the moment the Devers show up, I'm like, okay, so one or both of them. Which is, one of them is the bad guy? Yeah, I'm like, one right. or both of them is is Screen Slayer. Right. Um, like it, it was one that I was like, yeah, it, it was very. You know, when she busted the Screen Slayer guy that was the pizza boy, and I'm like, well, clearly that's someone who was right. hypnotized. Um, so yeah, it was it was very predictable and and again, right. kind of and very by the numbers. I would I would agree with that. Like I still I enjoyed yeah. it. That's but not because yeah. there was anything really to me. Great it about was it. it was you could almost see the painting by the numbers. Yeah. Like you could, yeah, you could see the nuts and bolts, or you could see like you're talking about all the different things they piled on. Yeah, you could in a way like it was like looking at it, it was like transparent. You could mm-hmm. see all of yeah. the oh, I agree. the pieces yeah. behind the screen. Yeah. Being maneuvered yeah. in exactly the way that you think they're going to be and maneuvered, they, and it and just there were I think there were elements where they were trying to not do it, and they they walked away. Like the the whole thing between uh, Screen Slayer and um, Elastigirl, like yeah. there were moments early on where it felt like, oh, this is going to be about women's empowerment. Like yeah. you don't need him, or our yeah. parents could have just done this, yeah. and then it never returns right. to it. I'm like, well, why did you leave that at the beginning? Where it seemed like the two, like if they had had a bond, and then she's the bad guy, right. yeah. and like there's that terrible heartbreaking moment where she has to wrangle in her her newfound friend. Yeah. yeah, that would have been better than when we got. Well, and again, that's yeah. I think right. that that's part yeah. is is you know something they clearly gestured towards but did not actually fully Never execute, to, yeah. and that again something that I think the film just had too much going on for them to develop stuff. So a, a, a bonus fair or foul? Okay. Um, from Al Alexander. This is our second bonus fair foul. At the, the Patriot Ledger. Um, Bird's idea to give Incredibles 2 a decidedly feminist bent mm. by moving Elastigirl to the fore seems creaky in the wake of last year's mega hit Wonder Woman. Mm. 
It does seem creaky. I mean, yeah. creaky is a fair a, a way yeah. to describe a but lot would, that goes but, on. The but film. to call it a decidedly feminist bent. See, the thing is, no, like, just moving Elastigirl Girl to the front doesn't do anything. Is well, it inherently feminist? Right? Well, like, when you particularly if you look at it in the sense of, and again, you haven't seen the first one, like that opening segment of the first one where you have Elastigirl and and Mr. Incredible sort of competing to um, capture the bad guy. Like, it pretty clearly establishes that among the superheroes in this world, Elastigirl was the most competent one. Right. Right. So you're basically kind of trying to move her back to where she was at the beginning. Right. Yeah, but but even by making her the most competent one, well, in comparison to her husband, right. who's a bumbling boo, right? Right. Well, so, like, it's not that she's really accomplished right. as a superhero she's or as a woman. Well, she's but just I think they better I than think, the very low bar well, established by her misogynistic, but I think that's, you know, destructive I think husband. that's what the what Frozone's role in the film was because I think in this in the Nagy wife was supposed to sort of. No, she, no, she's, the, she's, a hell, she's a joke from the first movie. She's a joke from the first right. movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, but no, again, hardly highlighting yeah. the. Uh, but I think the, Fro- uh, I think decidedly feminist bent right. of a film. Well, but I think the reason Frozone plays a much greater role in this movie, yeah. is I think to give you another male superhero besides Mister Incredible, who at least is somewhat more competent than. Is it, is it not because Samuel L. Jackson's actually still a star? Well, there's that too. <laughs> well, Just a thought. And my thing is this: like, I get that it's supposed to be a feminist. It's supposed. It's the idea that by yeah. pushing her forward. It's supposed to have this feminist bent. I think it fails though because anytime there's the bumbling husband, the mm-hmm. film is about the husband. Right. Yes. No matter oh, yeah. how far forward yeah. both you films push her, are always about, about the husband. The, well, right. I'm not no, but Dan's talking about all films. Like, oh, right. yeah. Yeah. okay. I like if you about, go back to the honeymooners, right. like yeah. well, Mr. Mom, right, is about Mr. Mom. Mom. Yeah, like, right. And so, like, no matter how right. competent the woman Mrs. is, well, and there's a lot. There is a lot of Ralph Cramden in. Oh, there's a lot of incredible. And that's the thing is that if he bumbles and he's this bad person. She's competent, which means she's good. Mm-hmm. There yeah. doesn't need, there needs to be no character development for a competent woman. Right. Whereas he has to have the arc where all mm-hmm. of a sudden he figures out the new math, which is weird that it's in the sixties, but it's new math. Um, and it's all, all these, weird. Yeah. yeah, but like well, that, he, yeah. he has this growth where he becomes a better father. She remains competent, so there's no growth for yeah, her. So right. any, but anytime you do yeah. that in television in, the his, in history, that's yeah. always been the issue. Is right. that the idea? It's a it's it's like 1980s multiculturalism. Just right. having the woman at the front yeah. is enough. Like just right. having her there as a like, and it's it's yeah. not. No. Well, that's the other thing. I, I, it just isn't. In thinking about the film and like that quote from Brad Bird in 2007, and I'm like, what's different in the seven year or sorry right. the, ten, the eleven years? Yeah, it's the new math joke. Like there's nothing yeah. else going on in this film, right? That you couldn't have made into. And and that's right. one of the things I think is interesting is Incredibles when it comes out in 2004 and what it's doing. Because the superhero universe right. is so new, or superhero genre is so new, it's groundbreaking. Right. It felt new then. This right. movie, in more than one way, picks up right where the last one left off. Yeah. But and, kind and, of both and literally it, and exactly, but, yeah. like sort of. The That's what I meant. That is is that it, yeah, it is absolutely. kind of doing the same yeah. thing? So, yeah, I have one final complaint about the film, and Dan and I disagree about this one. The Wait, short. How do you know this? That let, we were talking about it when you went to take your. Oh, that's hurtful. <laughs> Do you want us to sit here silently when you leave? I like to imagine that without my presence, there's really nothing to talk about. You're like this girl I met at a bar when I was in college way back when who had a lot to drink. It's very hurtful. And she said she imagined that, like, the world was only her, right? And so that... that when she like, wasn't around. Nothing yeah, when she wasn't around, like, like I would just okay. snap out of existence. I just like to say, I do not imagine the world is only me. Because my world also has Legos, Legos. Yeah. and uh, comic books, um, no and superhero though. movies. Right. No other people. Yeah. Though. Well, no, exactly. it's got to have people because to create the things that you. No, this is the... and also to go to the things that I love in mass numbers, so that the things I love continue. <laughs> Maybe you've imagined those mass numbers. Oh man! Well, just as as you imagining numbers. Automatons. Yeah, but the thing, like the short they showed before the film. Oh yeah, the dumpling was... thing. Creepy. Yeah, that was weird. Like it that. freaked Luca out. I liked now, it. Luca that was seven. Weird. Yeah, it freaked Luca. Out. It freaked me out. It seemed like it was really a story about a hysterical woman's kind of emotional breakdown. A little in bit. In which she imagines eating her son. Yes. Because he went off and got married. Yes. 
Yeah. Did I understand it correctly? I think so. I think that's creepy. Yeah, yeah. I think you did. Yes. It, to me, it was weird, and for the kids in the theater, yeah. I had a feeling like it was a weird. It match. was like a step too weird. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. It was a little much for like the yes. five year old next to me. Well, to really I enjoyed think that she it. Was like like the first art. two. The first yeah. two thirds was like, oh, it's like a magical realism, like dumpling child thing, and then there's the last then there's third. The and I'm like, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, Familial like, cannibalism. Yeah, like right? that. You like know? that is because Lucas' response is, "Why did she eat her other kid?" Yeah, can I explain that there was no other? There was kid. no other kid. This is just her <laughs> emotional <laughs> breakdown that you just witnessed. That's right. Because that, what's more entertaining than watching a woman break down emotionally and psychologically and eat her over child. a fractured yeah. familial was, relationship? Yeah, it was a weird. Like it's just a. It, yeah, it, it was it weird. Just, it's a weird. You know, after, feminism. After talking about topic. after talking about the Incredibles too, I think it actually fits at the beginning of this film. <laughs> In some ways, it might. Yeah. In retrospect, but yeah, it's a weird. Incredibles Two is kind of eating its own too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I liked the adorable little dumpling baby. Yeah, I did. That seemed total. Like you would get a bobblehead. Oh, I would have a dumpling dumpling baby. Like if she hadn't Mm -hmm. eaten him. Yes. No, I would would not get a bobblehead. I would. I want like a a plush. I'd get a Funko dumpling baby. I'd get a Funko that little. uh, I would not because I would have nightmares every time I saw it. (laughs) Now I wouldn't because I I finished the short. Yeah. You wake up and you see you're you're eating the dumpling baby. You got like raw Pillsbury dough. <laughs> you're assuming that beer Funko is made of raw Pillsbury dough. Funko's doing a lot of great things, man. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? That's true. Put it in like a refrigerated case. It would yeah, stay good forever. Just put, exactly. poke it in the belly. Because that Pillsbury dough is not really like real dough anyway. That's my Pillsbury dough. That, that's one of your better impressions so yeah, far. I mean, well, what, yeah, that's... Well, number one, there's not a lot of depth to them. <laughs> Well, he can push that stomach in quite a far. Quite he doesn't push it. The other push. I know, but you can. It. It's got depth. Yeah, I'm trying to make like a yeast flour joke, and I'm just not getting it. You should never. I'm gonna yeast walk away. flour. I'm gonna, well, yeah, like well, he's, oh, like, yeah. well, he's no. like made of flour. Like I'm trying. There's, got, there's a joke there somewhere. No, there's not. Did you have other complaints about the film? Not really. Okay, because I do have a couple of things that I liked. All How right, are we doing right. on time? I have we're, no idea. We're good. We're off the clock. We're good. Um, the, okay, I was like, that doesn't help me at all. We're so, good. So the good, because you know, I got some stuff we have to talk about after the good, for sure. Okay. okay. So we got to have time. Um, Jack-Jack was a big hit with the little kids. Yes. Oh, sure. Like, they giggled Lucas a lot at oh, yeah. Jack-Jack. Yep. They seem designed yeah. to be... Yeah, like adorably funny, yeah. Yeah. which you know is not really my... Well, but I think I, think wheelhouse. I still uh, the gar- the trash bag of things that were in this film. Yes, I like garbage bag as a yeah. Good. I think that Jack Jack was there to save the film. Like kids were going to enjoy right. Jack. Yes, like, yeah. when the little right. girl sort of fell out of love with the film. Yeah, we got less Jack Jack towards yeah. the end. Yeah, no, I agreed. Agreed. The thing I really liked Hashtag about the more film. Jack Jack. <laughs> Hashtag not for me. <laughs> um, the one thing I thought the film did really nicely was I really enjoyed the action sequences mm-hmm. of superheroes actually using their power. Particularly like the thought, opening scene with Underminer, I thought was yeah. nicely choreographed. Or whatever Frozone yeah. was kind of yeah. using his power, or the way in which Elastigirl sort of, you know, oh, uses her power in the world. Yeah. Oh yeah, the bike was I was trying to figure out like the whole yeah. like stretching and coming. I was like, that is yeah. that was a weird yeah. Just like interesting use of almost powers. anything she does, like the way she uses yeah. her ability to stretch, almost like Spider Man mm-hmm. to swing around the city. Mm-hmm. Just like all of the action sequences, Elastigirl, I thought were just like Elastic Girl does whatever Elastic Girl can in her place. Stretches her body across stop, the city. Stop! Just stop. stop! Yeah, so, because whew. yep, yep. Please, please stop. Because you're going to realize that Elastic Girl is not a feminist step forward. <laughs> I never claimed it was. Okay. Fair enough, uh, but I I, I mm. thought sort of the mm. the visual dynamics of the film mm-hmm. it was visually in the stunning. action oh, sequences it's a really were, well done yeah were really well done yeah um, I also kind of enjoyed the oddball heroes oh like, yeah like reflux or whatever there was a there was a yeah, reflux was a little he was a little step too far I liked the other I liked Void I thought that then the use Void of was amazing. when she was using her powers which yes. uh, Void's was um, Sophia Bush was the voice of Void. Huh. You say so, which I did not realize until I was no. doing my research. Um, and like for Luca, he loved the interdimensional Jack Jack, and wanted like oh. he wanted Void and Jack Jack to team up. I assumed because, that was going to happen because like it'd be fun for like him like Jack Jack to jump into a different dimension and take Void with well, him. Well, I re- and yeah, then strand someone there and then. Well, when they establish that yeah. Void opens interdimensional portals, and then they mention that Jack Jack goes to some dimensions, right. I'm like, well, clearly that's going to be key to the climax. Yeah. Is is Jack Jack and her and yet doing something and yet not. right? And that's yeah. the thing is, yeah. like my seven year old was like, you know what we should do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. When the seven year old. Even a really precocious seven-year-old yes. 
has the better idea, <laughs> yeah. the film might have stumbled. Yeah, yeah. that was that was again yeah. that was another yeah, they seem to be telegraphing that moment and then yeah. they didn't. Yeah. One final thing about the movie that was really good. Mm-hmm. The popcorn. I just yeah. love popcorn. Oh, okay. Hate, and Cinemark hate, now I has hate, like the free refill on a bucket. I hate Cinemark's popcorn. Oh man, Vicky and I'll eat a whole tub. I well, did not. I, Richard's I, there, I, then he eats it. I had but popcorn. Then we'll take a second tub home for the kids. Well, because I saw Ocean's Eight and Incredibles back to back on the same day. Really? Yeah. Which one did you see first? I saw Ocean's Eight first. So it's kind of a letdown then. Well, the original plan was like, well, I think oh, I'm going to like Incredibles better because I thought Ocean's Eight and, and that, again, it, they both kind of were. A, it was a wash for me in terms of the. To two me, films. I would give Ocean's Eight a a, um, a win. Oh yeah. In that. So I went to like the eleven o'clock showing of Ocean's Eight and yeah. had like a box of Reese's Pieces, and then for Incredibles, I had a hot dog, and the you popcorn. Bought a cinema and a Coke. hot dog. I did not feel who, great who when I got home. Like, hot dogs in a movie theater. Oh, I love a movie theater hot dog. Those things are on the 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 the, the rotisserie. Yeah, I, get, well, I, get the, like I get the Angus weeks. dog, the classy dog. I don't get the regular hot dog. I get the quarter pound no, Angus. Look, I yeah. love the hot dogs. Hot, hot dog, dogs, dude. I love, but at a movie theater. Yeah, you know what I'm having weird. for dinner tonight. Hot dogs. Well, no, the the better cheddar, the the bratwurst filled with cheese. But not from a movie theater. No, no, the Johnsonville. I don't care what the brand it is. It's still not from a movie theater. Cheese filled hot dog. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I agree that the uh, visually, I think it was done well, and I like mm-hmm. I would I would watch the, the the Misfits like if they had a film, yeah, that Pixar did with just them and there were no Incredibles, yeah, none of the it, I don't think it'd be more boring, and that's the thing is I don't think it could be any worse than yeah. what yeah. this film was, yeah. So like at the end of the day, like I just this is a film I'd have a hard time recommending to somebody. Mm. Oh yeah, we're talking I just, about I didn't get to enjoyment, yeah. you know. <laughs> if you have a kid. No, still yeah. like and Luca. Luca said he loved it, yeah. but he hasn't talked about it since yeah. outside of Jack Jack. Yeah. And usually, if Luca loves a film, yeah. I hate it within an hour and a half yeah. because he yeah. won't stop talking about it. Right. That didn't happen this time. Right. I'm pretty sure I have the same effect on Alan. <laughs> well, I have a son too who who like loves everything he sees. Right. You know, and it takes him a while to actually yeah. develop some. And Luca, like he outside of Jack Jack, he hasn't talked yeah. much about it. Yeah. yeah. So what this film really got me thinking about was what might be more incredible. Uh-huh. So like an Incredibles three? No, no. no I went backwards in time, not forwards, mm. to that classic nineteen eighties television program. Greatest American Hero. Oh, no. Any guesses? I know what you got. Can not anybody say guess it. it? I'm not going to say if it. If you can't guess it, you don't win. You you have to now say that's incredible. No, I don't. You just said it. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're you, talking about, but I get it now. You already said that's incredible, <laughs> but not in this earlier context. show. But I went back to that's incredible. You know, John the old, Davidson. John Davidson, Fran Tarkenton? Like, who, yeah. who thought Fran yeah. Tarkenton? Who was the woman on the... Kathy uh, Lee Crosby. That's it, Kathy Lee Crosby. Was the, uh, was the host. You know, there's never been a Kathy Lee that really struck me as a star. It's <laughs> my observation. But, like, the idea that somebody said, we should take Fran Tarkenton, yeah, you know, man. the washed-up football quarterback, and, and turn him like into a no host. I feel like there's a Fran Tarkenton coach to Incredibles connection here. Craig T. Nelson isn't an actual athlete or a coach. I know, but he was on coach. Yeah, but <laughs> I think we've been talking about Incredibles 2 yeah. for so long, Patrick feels like he needs to explain everything no, we're Patrick doing feels, on the show. Patrick feels like something else. <laughs> so I wanted to give you guys a list of things that was on That's Incredible mm-hmm. and let you decide what was more incredible. Okay. The All movie right. that you just reviewed. Okay. Or, or what you described. The things that were on um, That's Incredible. I Number did like one. that show. Did You did? Oh, yeah, I watched that show all the oh, time. I wa- it was, I think, it was on Sundays, as I recall. I don't remember, but I just remember but, yeah, watching that fairly regularly. I watched it pretty regularly, too. I'm not proud of myself. So, more incredible. Mm-hmm. The movie or a guy who caught a bullet in his teeth? Guy who caught a bullet in his teeth. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. That's easy. Um, a guy solving a Rubik's Cube in seconds. Remember yeah, when that was like, you were like, whoa, that guy's like a genius. You're I mean, like, no, like, he's actually memorized three patterns. Yeah, yeah everyone does that nowadays. Yeah, I'm yeah. with the movie. So maybe in the early 80s when the Rubik's Cube just debuted. Right. Did love me the Rubik's Cube. It might, I hated the Rubik's Cube. What a stupid thing. I like that. Uh, all right, more incredible. This one's, I think, an easy call. The mm-hmm. movie or the man who ate an entire bicycle? That happened on television? I pulled it off the internet, and I think I think it's true. <laughs> Apparently that guy's diet is high in iron. <laughs> yeah, if you can eat a so, bicycle. Which is more incredible. Man eats bicycle? Mm. Incredible too. Bicycle. They feel about oh, equal to me. Come on, it's me. the man. Mm, they feel about equal to me because both are kind of really unsettling. Okay. 
Um, remember the guy who could stuff himself into a really small, clear cube? I do remember that guy. Yeah, that's like so. He, oh, him. or the movie, which is more incredible. Oh, yeah, definitely. it's definitely the contortionist dude. Yeah. Okay, then a few more from the retroist. Um, Tiger Woods was on the show at five years old as a golfing prodigy. Really? Oh, yeah. So that's there you go. pretty interesting. Yep. So more interesting than the movie? Mm. Tiger Woods at five or The Incredibles 2? Uh, kids doing sports at five is not incredible. Yeah. All right. So the movie gets one at yeah. least. Um, I had oh. it even with Bicycle Dude. That's right. How about the haunted Toys R Us? The what? There was a, a, a bit about a haunted Toys R Us. That would be amazing. They apparently staged it. So they did like a recreation and they had oh. toys jumping off oh, the Oh, they're going to have a lot more oh. opportunity to do that pretty soon. I, that yeah. one's hands down. That would yeah, that would be way cooler than Incredibles 2. Oh, yeah. All right, how about the man with two faces? Mm. It was a guy. It was literally a I'd guy. I'd probably go with Incredibles too. That sounds yeah, kind of gross. Was, yeah. Mm, yeah. Apparently, they, you know, they gave him surgery to make him look normal. Uh, um, how about the man who goes to hell during a near-death experience, which wow. I don't remember from the show, but apparently they presented as uh, this incredible experience. I'm going to go he with He went the, to hell. I'm going to go with the movie. No, the guy went to hell. He didn't go Which to is hell. more incredible, going <laughs> to hell or making that movie. Like, it's Come a, on. Like, we have the TV show Lucifer, so like. Yeah, really exactly. Like, yeah. The man went Meh. to hell. Man. In a near-death experience, so it was real. It wasn't fictional. <laughs> the guy went to hell. And you're saying that's not more incredible man was in the film? Coma. He was in a coma for like two days. Yeah, that, like yeah. Fire. I don't think he, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I, I agree with your he actually went to hell <laughs> argument. Says, man goes to hell. Straight from the internet. Oh, straight from the internet. Well, then, of course, that's completely credible. Uh, they did a thing on the Amityville Horror, but we'll skip that one because it was also a movie. How about um, they did the thing with children with the aging disease? Oh, oh. Well, that's yeah, that's, one? well, that's except where they get yeah they get old really quickly. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah that's, just that's, that's just sad. But that they used to make that as entertainment is kind of sad on yeah, us, right? Well, <laughs> late seventies, early eighties. I would say yeah. welcome, welcome to my childhood. Um, all right, I got one more. I might have phrased that better. <laughs> You never will. Nope, nope. That is your superpower. (laughs) Hashtag phrasing. How about the man, this one I think is a clear winner for That's Incredible. All right. The man with constant sweaty palms versus Incredibles 2. He's just nervous all the time? No, he was not nervous. He's got a glandular problem. Uh, He's just, yeah, he's just sweating. That's boring movie. I think that's incredible. Wow. I think it's incredible that he goes out in public and like does stuff. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that was my trip down memory lane for you. Okay. You don't seem to enjoy it very much. I thought you'd really dig into That's Incredible. Nah. Yeah. All right. So Been there, done that. Be, I don't know how much time we have left on this. Yeah. What is now a monstrously long. By the way, we did some good stuff in that interim bit. Like, what we'll to do something to preserve it in some, yeah. one way or we'll another. Just, keep it just leave it in the show. The non-Patrick. We'll just make a whole bunch of non-Patrick bits. <laughs> That should be when, when we do the DVD. That should be the the director's cut. Is like director. all the not Patrick's. Yeah, that can be the that can be the Zack Snyder cut of our show. <laughs> so I did come across something in Fair or Foul I really wanted to talk about. Okay, one of the Fair or Fouls was exactly what you said earlier that the film feels outdated in the modern landscape of superhero films. It does, yeah. But I went to Rotten Tomatoes because. I got a lot of work to do, and I was just looking for quick reviews right. to kind of like throw together. You realize that you go to Rotten Tomatoes almost every time you, you do realize a fair I almost foul. never put a lot of work. Yeah, in. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for <laughs> underlining my point. Yes, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. So, so they have this system where if it was a good review, it's a red tomato. Okay. And if it's a bad review, it's like a green splotch okay. or something. Okay. Yes. Okay. You've seen it, right? Yeah. Yes. I don't know why you feel you need to explain the well, tomato monitor to me. Well, Dan seems like he hasn't. So, but but the reviews like are it. classified as either good or bad. Like it's very binary. So gotcha. it's either the red. I think they have good. I, no, I think they have like a slightly squishy green tomato. If you're oh, do a little they? bit, yeah, I think that it's not. And then they have like as, a green tomato that's just like splattered. Yeah, they, like the, the splatter bad. is really bad. I think yeah. there's one that's like kind of squishy. So at best, it's binary. There's a little more binary, nuance, but yeah. Right? But generally, so, it's yeah. So I, I, I look through the list initially, just the ones that initially show up on the front page for this film. And they're almost, you don't have to explain to us that you didn't go past the first page. Yeah, they're almost all the red tomatoes mm-hmm. and not green splotches, yeah. which means that reviewers really like the film, right? Oh, yeah. But then I go to what's read it, uh, the what's it, excerpts. What's it running at in terms of percentage? I don't remember, but... Um, 
Maybe Dan could look that up real quick. Yeah. Wait, did I look that up? That seems like the kind of thing I would have looked up. It seems strange that you didn't. Uh, I did not actually look that up. So, as Dan's looking it up, I'll just remind you that I'm now kind of perusing only the first page mm-hmm. of Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Most of which reviews at that time had red tomatoes and not green splotches, mm-hmm. meaning mostly critics like the film. Correct. But if you go and read the excerpts yeah. for the positive reviews, for the like the mm-hmm. red tomato reviews, they were actually pretty tepid. Yeah. They weren't saying, like, this film is great. It was kind of like, yeah, it's fine. I've seen that. I've, I've seen Kinds the opposite happen, too, where you, I've read reviews yeah. where it's got a green splotch, and then you read the review, and they're right. like, oh, they, so, they thought it was perfectly fine. So there's this weird disconnect to me yeah. between, like, what they're getting as a symbol and what mm-hmm. they're actually writing. And it got me to wondering if the film is getting by a bit on reputation and nostalgia. Oh, people, I, I, I absolutely believe People it want to like the film because Incredibles 1 mattered mm-hmm. in some way and because Incredibles 1, like Hope said, Hope was like, I loved Incredibles 2 because it reminded me of my childhood because she mm. watched it on DVD oh, okay. when she was Luca's age or whatever, right? It was the kind of thing. Oh, she so went with, the, did you go with the whole family? No, Hope went with one of her friends. Oh, okay. okay. Our kids are too old to hang out with parents. I was going to say, I thought it was just yeah. that you and Vicky went. That you know, totally she and Cece went, so. Um, gotcha. But for her, it was nostalgia yeah. in large part that carried it. And I think that they're, they're pushing reviews to the positive mm-hmm. column as opposed to the negative column. And reviewers are saying that, you know, you should see it, not because it's really good, but because it has this power of reputation and nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of um, – I'd say there's a lot of nostalgia. Well, and that's the movie you, itself is built on nostalgia because it's right. very – I mean, being set in the 1960s, the heroes are very much throwback to kind of Silver right. Age. No, no. I, I, heroes, I, like it's built on – so but nostalgia I'm talking, is absolutely But I'm talking about the nostalgia of Incredibles 1. You don't why not? It's at ninety four percent. I'd say it's not. Yeah. Oh no, I knew. For, it. And that's fans or critics. That tomatoes that That's overall. That's probably. overall. The okay. audience score is eighty eight, and the first three critics that show up on here. Yeah. Well, first. So of the first five, four give it tomatoes, and they're not really even tepid. Like the one says, "Do you remember a time when superhero movies were lighthearted popcorn fare, lighthearted popcorn fairs instead of overwrought epics?" Incredibles 2. Oh, that's interesting to think about. Incredibles 2, one of the reasons for its popularity, that's it's kind of the antidote to Infinity War. And I think and I'm wondering if But that's it's not where it's a good coming. antidote to it. Well, no. I don't no. think it's a good one, but I'm wondering yeah. if that's where it's coming from. I think I could yeah. see that in, in yeah. being a way like, yeah. I mean, but, but I think Infinity I think it's War more... like wrenched people's hearts out. Like in, in, in Incredibles is a nice safe film. I think the only way to understand 180 million dollars and the positive quote-unquote reviews that it's gotten is that it's about reputation that like nobody wanted to write a bad review. Of this film Maybe. because of its reputation, and not the nostalgia of the '60s. I'm talking about the nostalgia of yeah. Incredibles One. All right? No, right? no, I agree. I think it. I think it. But I think it's all. I think there's layers of nostalgia to the film. I, I yeah, agree. I, but I, I think. And yeah, I would say that there's ways in which that. Yeah, I would say Incredibles Two, even kind of story wise, is kind of coasting on the reputation of, of Incredibles One. Right. No, I. I think that. Because story-wise, it's, 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 it's nothing we haven't really seen. It's the seen. only way for me to understand my yeah, response yeah. to it. As a guy who doesn't have a nostalgia stake in it, and yeah. as a guy who doesn't have a reputational stake in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think you're right, because like reading I just didn't get it. the yeah, audience, yeah. the majority yeah. of them are talking about Pixar overall yeah. or the original film. Like, right. In the yeah. pantheon yeah. of it's Pixar, this... it's like it's a fun Pixar film. Yes, or right. it's it's a yeah. fun follow up to the original, yeah. right? No Which was well, and I, and I think yeah, I right, think, exactly. And, and just really interesting is, framing, to and me. fun is probably about as I couldn't even high get, an accolade yeah. I would say it deserves. Like there's, and nothing, I couldn't even get fun out of it. To be for honest, for me, there's nothing I haven't seen right many a time before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's one that you know I can easily imagine. If it's on like HBO or TNT or something, like it's the kind of film that I will have on yeah. while I'm while I am building Legos or doing something and else because I, I don't really I just, want to pay attention. I would never to it. watch that again. And like think, if it came yeah. across cable for no, me, the, I, there's, yeah. the chance of me rewatching it is nil. And it's funny because this one, the, the top audience review hype may have hurt uh, Incredibles two, but it's a solid film, a solid, uh, solid, solid. And, yeah. solid and rousing Pixar sequel. Four and a yeah. half stars. Yeah, for solid. For a solid and rousing yeah. sequel yeah. that may have been hurt by the hype. Yeah, it's got for an f- that's, what, right. that's why I got <laughs> the half star but that, knocked off. But like, that's my point exactly right. about yeah, these reviews. Is this film is totally it, it's rating higher than it is. Yeah. Oh no, I, I, I would absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I enjoyed it, 
but just as a yeah. you know, this was an entirely cruddy way to spend two hours on a ninety-eight degree day. Wait, I, I would not say enjoyed it. I would say it's a solid film. Yeah, I like just, it's it's a. But, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't even describe stars. it as yes. rousing. Yeah. I think if it had come out, the five-year-old out, didn't see it as rousing. I think if it had come out sure. closer to the original and thus yeah. much earlier in the superhero genre, and in what's going on in the world, yeah, yeah, that that I think it would have. I think it probably would be more highly regarded. But it, it it's yeah. it's but a standard superhero sequel. Yeah, like there's there's not. Yeah. It's not really doing anything thematically that's different. Right. Yeah. Um. In a lot of ways. Evelyn is a bad guy is sort of another version of Syndrome. Yeah. In that Syndrome was very angry about the way in which the supers existed to the detriment of humanity. Right. It's and that's Evelyn as well. I mean, the detriment was is a Syndrome little bit Was Syndrome a woman? No. No, Syndrome was a, a fanboy. So this is another part of the... Uh... Yeah, the the feminist quote unquote yeah. bent of the well, film was to so, but yeah, yeah, so it's 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 again, yeah. it's 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 basically incredible. It's a lot like Incredibles one. Yeah, well, but, I just, um, except I, it's not as incredible. I don't I don't get it. And I think you're right with the nostalgia because yeah. I know like but the favorite meme that I kept seeing that kept was coming out before the film came out was that for all of you who have children who are going to go see Incredibles two, don't. I waited 14 years to see this film. Yeah. I don't want your child talking to the entire. And it was the like it was the idea, wow. right? Like, yeah. Well, again, wow. isn't that that's yeah. basically your experience was the the and it was daughter that was talking throughout the entire. Well, no, just the end. No, it was just the end. Yeah. No, she, she she watched and then she got okay. bored eventually. Yeah. So, and yeah. I I'm okay. Let me say, going to a theater yeah. to to a cartoon, right? And having kids yeah. react like kids react yeah. to films. Um, but I'm wondering. But if, that kind of response is like, are you okay yeah. with say 45 year olds reacting like kids in films? <laughs> it makes me a little bit less, com- <laughs> uh, a little, a little more uncomfortable. Uh, but I'm wondering if that's if it is all nostalgia, like what this and like is Dory. Everyone was like, oh, you got to see Finding Dory. It's a great. When I finally watched it, I was like, that was horrible. Like Finding Dory was such an overrated film. Like it, I like it, Dory. It is. I know you did. You were so wrong on that one. <laughs> But I'm wondering, it's deeply, like, profoundly wrong. I like Dory, but, yeah, but, but, but also, I, I, but Dory, I might the, be skewed in Dory because my high school friend was the co-director of the film. So. There you go. Oh, but, okay. But but to me, it was it, it's much. It, it's the analog. It's the comparison for Incredibles right. and Incredibles oh, yeah. Two. Is yeah. it? You've got the distance between them. The films are not really that different in terms of the plot right, they right. present. Although I remember you on the radio arguing, no, Dory gets lost this time. Yeah, it's totally different. Oh no! That was the, bad, the bad guy's a woman this time. <laughs> totally, totally different. different. <laughs> yeah. Progress. Uh, yeah. Hashtag feminism. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it just I I don't get yeah. incredible. And, like, and, I, and I saw and like, I didn't see the original in the movie theater, and like it was no. a fun film, but I was never tied to it, and so yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. I sway more your way in that there's not enough nostalgia for me to go. I want to watch that again. It feels like Incredibles. Incredibles three is like a direct to DVD kind of thing. Yeah, and I will. I will not go see it. I don't think Incredibles three, no. unless something like remarkable or like changes unless it's about twenty it. years from now and the world is an apocalyptic future, and then yeah, it's the fun where you know, know ourselves in the world <laughs> where <laughs> our <laughs> salvation <laughs> from the alien <laughs> overlords <laughs> depends on something in Incredibles three. Yeah, I might go see it. Things <laughs> things can go south really quickly. <laughs> is all I'm apocalyptic future, not twenty years anymore. Now it's next month. <laughs> sure, five, next five, month, five or six weeks. Yeah, next yeah. week. <laughs> Oh, Americans can go to bed, re- you know, rest easy now. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> got all those kids caged. Oh, how did you do that? Yeah, Jesus. Oh, um, yeah. But no, yeah, no, it wasn't fun. It was not a good Anyway, time. so of course, Incredibles 2, if you're going to draw a roadmap, would definitely lead us to. Kids in cages. Yeah. It seems like the logical. Yeah. The logical. As logical as anything else we outcome. do on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someday, some scholar is going to just go through all the shows we've done mm-hmm. and map them. It's going to be a like study. Like a cognitive map? I don't know if you call it a cognitive map. I don't know what you'd call it, but like not trying to... Definitely not cognitive. I think you're going to, you're going to describe it as an indecipherable scrawl. <laughs> like so, one of those, those word doodles. So yeah. the show's on oh, Ocean's God. 8. They started talking about it about 20 minutes in. <laughs> 15 minutes later, they're yeah. talking about... Um, <laughs> there was a lot of, you know, I mean, really only the rock-solid part of the show is the numbers. <laughs> Please. It's so really the only thing I can count on. Scholar, you mean a future research assistant? Of yeah. yeah. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> Numbers are really the only thing we can count on. Oh boy. And even more mashed. But up. if they, if we did a big word cloud for this, like the biggest word might be Legos. Mm. Oh yeah, for the show. Mm. Or postmodern pastiche. Or Legos. Maybe <laughs> you said Legos. I meant to say numbers. 
Wow. <laughs> Was, and on that note, yeah, yes. we go ahead on that, that was, note? I f- it feels that like we have come to some kind of conclusion. Or possibly Hawkeye. That's not a conclusion. 